This Israel report is brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Owning properties in Israel can be a great investment, but challenging to manage if you're based abroad. The Blue Agency will manage every aspect of your property, finding and vetting tenants, maintaining your property and getting it rental ready, negotiating contracts and collecting rentals, reporting back to you regularly. The Blue Agency has built a reputation for trust and confidentiality over 20 years. The Blue Agency, your Israel property is in good hands. Contact us at www.thebueagency.com. The Israel Report for the latest news and insights with Anthony Reich. Anthony Reich, Bokertov, Shavuotov, how are you? Bokertov, Shavuotov. Um, there was um, a question uh, last week or the week before, I think, about the iron beam. And it was interesting that um, just now over the weekend we've had a report about the iron beam system. And we're being told that. Uh, an iron beam system actually has been deployed near to Gaza, but that it is not yet ready for actual operational use. That may take apparently up to two more years until it is fully ready um, for operational use. And we're being told within the next two years. So the minute they say two Mm, years, mm. the chances are that it's not going to be like six months. Um, so um, I'm guessing that we're still probably two, way, two years away from using the iron beam in operations. But interesting that it has been deployed near to the Gaza border to take advantage of the current conflict, even though it's not actually being used in the conflict itself. Um, but listeners might be interested to hear about a new Jeep that the IDF has developed and is now using. And they've named the Jeep Be'eri in honor of the kibbutz that was involved in the massacre wow, wow. on October the 7th. So our new Jeep is called the Be'eri. It's a, it's a military Jeep. And it has a number of very, very interesting um, uh, features which uh, people might be, might be interested in. The first thing is that the driver of the Be'eri doesn't sit on the side of the vehicle. The driver sits in the middle with uh, armed um, combat soldiers sitting on each side of the driver next to the window. So you can imagine a front seat with three spaces, the driver in the middle with calm, uh, armed combat soldiers on either side, which obviously gives an element of safety to the driver himself. But not only that, apparently when the driver's seat is in the middle, the vehicle apparently has much greater range of mo- motion and that you could easily read the terrain that is being drawn over while sitting in the middle. So this is a new development um, with the driver sitting in the middle. In addition to that, apparently each wheel has an air shock absorber that can be emptied and filled just with the push of a button. And this allows the vehicle to be raised and lowered um, on all four wheels independently to allow it to go over slopes to negotiate um, terrain in a, in a much easier fashion, adopting uh, different solutions for different situations. Um, and in addition to that, the front windshield apparently can be opened up to allow the uh, passengers in the front to potentially escape from the front windshield if they need to escape very, very quickly and easily if the vehicle might be on fire or something like that. So this is just another interesting development that's come out of the IDF. Uh, and this is Jeep that is called Beary. Amazing.
really uh, it's I, I mean sad but uh, but incredible and nevertheless a great uh, a great tribute I would imagine so what is the latest uh, report from Gaza today um, so when we're talking about Gaza um, there is apparently a great deal activity still ongoing around the area of Khan Yunus this is apparently where much of the focus is. We've also seen some video footage coming out from the Khan Yunus area where um, IDF has said that they've um, uncovered tunnels that were used by hostages in the Khan Yunus area. And in fact, there is even one tunnel that is reportedly underneath the house of Yihya Sinwar and has access mm. from his house into the tunnel. And we've been taken into this tunnel with video cameras uh, showing footage of what's in the tunnel, the facilities, the toilets, the way in which people were held, some of the cages that the hostages were held in. And in fact, in one room, there were pictures of children's drawings of hostage children mm. that were held mm. there and drawings that were put up on the wall that these children had done while they were being held captive in those tunnels, which is kind of, I, I don't know, it, it, it just doesn't have a good effect when you see the darkness and the isolation of that tunnel. And then you can imagine holding children there and I'm guessing the parents trying to entertain the children by encouraging them to, to draw these pictures. A very, very sad and very eerie kind of um, mm, theme mm. that we saw of these tunnels. Um, there was an interesting report that came out from the Wall Street Journal that said that if the IDF has, uh, in, is correct in reporting that it's killed approximately 9,000 Hamas terrorists, this means that that means this means that only about 20 to 30 percent of the entire force of Hamas has actually been killed because the estimate is that Hamas, the the, the Hamas military strength of the terrorists that were recruited to be fighters in Hamas is around 30,000. So there's still a long, long way to go in terms of how many um, Hamas fighters, uh, terrorists are potentially still out there. Even if you factor in the possible number of 10 to 15,000 that may have been wounded, the Wall Street Journal is saying that out of those people who've been wounded, many of them could soon be combat ready, even though the IDF is saying that approximately half of those people who've been wounded are incapacitated and will not be able to be, to, to be returned to fight in due course. So um, that is some of the information that's coming out of the Wall Street Journal. We also know that Defense Minister Jörg Gallant um, paid a visit to Gaza and actually flew over Gaza just to examine um, the area uh, that IDF uh, troops are fighting in at the moment, particularly in the Khan Yunus area. And he was quoted as saying that we are closing in on the hostages in that area. That was a quote from our Defense Minister Yoav Gallant. And of course, the hostages remains a very, very sensitive uh, and major issue um, in Israeli society in general, but of course um, is at the forefront of all of our thoughts. And so um, the defense minister has given us reason to believe that there may well be some hope, some positive hope that we can take from some of the work that's going on in the Khan Yunus area. Um, there's still been a massive um, demolition of some civilian areas in the middle, the central Gaza area and towards the south as well. We've seen video pictures coming out showing massive demolition of uh, civilian areas. Um, and we can talk about 
this whole notion of civilians and exactly how we try to divide between those who are civilians and those who are not. Um, of course, in the north, um, which continues to heat up still a lot of activity in the north, um, some activity over the weekend where once again um, Israel has been accused of um, targeting um, Iranian revolutionary guard mm. senior people, this time in Damascus, um, someone who was um, uh, um, located in Damascus and was killed by a, a, an Israeli missile, or we believe it to be an Israeli missile drones operating in the area as well. And the Iranians have vowed revenge against this particular attack. So um, the message is that even though the battle which the IDF is carrying out in Gaza is changing in nature somewhat and is becoming a lot more targeted um, and the IDF has decided to vacate certain areas in northern Gaza, even though some reports have suggested that that gives um, an opportunity for Hamas terrorists to return to those areas. But um, certainly um, the Defense Minister, Yoav Gallant, has promised that smoke will hover over Gaza until we achieve our goals. And the goals that the IDF has laid down are A, to defeat Hamas, and B, to return the hostages. So when we say defeat Hamas, they mean destroy Hamas. And there are some questions being asked about whether those two goals can actually be achieved, both of them can be achieved, and whether it might not be necessary to give up on one of those goals in favor of the other, because they may not sit too well alongside each other, and we may need at some point to make a choice as to whether we really want to destroy Hamas or whether we really want to rescue all of our hostages alive. We know, obviously, that quite a number of them are no longer alive, but at least those who are alive, whether we will be able to rescue them alive. And this is a very, very tough position, very tough situation for us to arrive at, where some military in the people are saying that those two goals may not be achievable alongside each other. And, uh, and that's a worry. Of course, because a, a it's a massive of, worry. A, a lot of the discussion, sort of the the word on the street discussion, and the question that that uh, I get asked so often is, how does this end? Where is this going? What is what 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 do you think is going to happen? And uh, it, mm. it's of course impossible to know. But but I think that there is this fear or this concern about uh, where this where this all goes. Well. I think there are, there are a number of uh, very important debates that are going on in Israel at the moment. The first debate surrounds the hostages and potential deals for hostages to be released. The second debate surrounds the issue of so-called innocent civilians and how we deal with the issue of civilians and even innocent civilians. The third de debate and the one that we've seen very much in the diplomatic sphere as uh, some sort of a rift between President Biden and Prime Minister Netanyahu has arisen over the issue of the two-state solution. And President Biden is still very firm in saying, you know, at the end of all of this, there will be a two-state solution. And Prime Minister Netanyahu is saying, not so fast. We've tried that particular one. It didn't work too well for us. Why would we try it again? Because if you consider that Gaza 
under Hamas's rule was potentially a model for a two-state solution because that was a piece of land that was independently ruled by the Hamas administration. And even though it didn't quite have the status of a state under the United Nations with all the diplomatic protections and recognitions that a state comes with, for all intents and purposes, Gaza was one part of a two-state solution. Mm. And that didn't go so well. Yeah. Yeah. So it's almost proven, in inverted commas, to Israelis uh, that a a two-state solution is a danger. That is proven to many people and to many Israelis, and hopefully even to some people who are sitting outside of Israel, that a two-state solution in this kind of ideal world that um, has been created and surrounding this whole fantasy and the, the, the magic of two states for two peoples living side by side in peace with one another and cooperating and 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 having um you know peaceful relations that notion has completely completely disappeared because once you give a state to hamas or to whoever will succeed hamas why is it that we would believe we will not experience the same again, that we will not have another October the 7th again. They've Mm. promised that they want to carry out another October the 7th. That has already been promised loud and clear. Why are we not listening to that? It's a very interesting one. 34519 or 0618951019. I'd love your comments on that. How true are the rumors of a possible hostage exchange deal being imminent? So the issue of hostage exchange is a very, very tough one. There is nobody in Israel who wouldn't give everything to return the hostages, at least the ones who are alive, and as important, the bodies of those Israelis that are being held by Hamas. I don't think there's any Israeli who would honestly say to you, we don't want to do that and we Mm. would give a lot Mm. in order to achieve that. The problem is that as we look more enthusiastic and more willing to compromise, Hamas is asking for more and more. And they've now had the audacity to come out and say, well, we wouldn't even think about a hostage exchange unless we can get international um, uh, uh, guarantees that Hamas will remain in power after Mm. all of Mm. this ends. Mm. They are now demanding that in exchange for the release of hostages and as part of a ceasefire arrangement, the existence and the survival of Hamas is guaranteed. So every time we start to look keener and start to look like we're willing to compromise more, they stop for a moment to hang on a second. We're just about to increase our demands in line with the fact that we can see that they're willing to give up more. So there doesn't seem to be any end. There doesn't seem to be any line that gets drawn that says, okay, we are willing to give this and we're not going to be demanding more and more. So the prime minister says, we are not willing to enter into hostage negotiations right now. Um, The international community has said, there is a hostage exchange um, that is potentially on the table. Qatar has spoken about it in different stages. Stage one, releasing hostages, releasing prisoners. Stage two, a ceasefire, whatever. There's some details that have been 
that, that have been published that Qatar has said, you know, we're ready to move forward on such a basis. But there is so much distrust at the moment between the parties as to what really they're willing to accept or not accept and how far this is going to go. Um, but of course, there's nothing more that we all would want to see than the release of our hostages and of course the return of those bodies which are being held by Hamas, those Israelis who've been killed by Hamas, either as part of the massacre or after that, or even before, because of course we still have Israeli soldiers from the previous operation whose bodies are being held by Hamas. Absolutely. Anthony Raff, thank you as always. It is 8.01. I'm Howard Feldman. This is Your Morning Mayhem. It's 101.9 Chai FM. Good morning. That Israel Report was brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Hi, it's Barry Cohen from the Blue Agency. Israel is currently facing one of its biggest challenges ever. All of Klal Israel is praying for the safety of our soldiers and the return of the hostages. We hope and pray that our soldiers and security forces will prevail and that they will all return home speedily and triumphant. We hold the hands of our clients and friends who have children serving in Sahal, who are protecting Israel and Jews around the world. May Hashem protect us all. Oh,